What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Always Be Creating podcast, the show that bridges the gap between video production and business growth. I'm your host, Bobby Kowecki. And today, what we're going to be talking about is something that I think a lot of people are scared of in the production space and overall general content space, whether that's written, video, musical, what have you. And if you really should be scared of it, if it is a lot of smoke and mirrors and my thoughts and how to use the best tools correctly, and that's AI, right? The whole thing we're going to be discussing today is my favorite apps since this whole AI boom has started, this whole AI craze. And if I think some of those apps have the potential to replace editors, replace content creators, videographers, producers, and if you should be implementing them in your daily workflow. So let's jump right into it. Number one, on the whole, do I think AI will replace editors? I think AI will replace not editors, but bad editors. And what I mean by that is AI, and in a lot of the programs we'll be discussing today, helps take care about 85% of the editing busy work. And that's just rough cutting, removing silences, distilling scripts. But it's that last 15%, that last mile that separates fine editors from great editors. And that is something, at least right now, that AI is not able to touch. So if you're somebody who is a just fine editor, yeah, you should be scared of AI. But if you're somebody who is willing to learn these new tools, understand these new tools to help you get better at your workflow, then no, I don't think so. And to piggyback off of that, I think these are tools, not replacements. For most of these things here, they make your job easier. They don't replace your job as of now. This is coming from a video producer, right? I will still need somebody. You will still need somebody. Anybody who needs video will still need somebody to set up a shot, to press record, to capture the content. Post-production can be made a little bit simpler with those tools so that you can then go out and capture more of it. And it is in that kind of know-how of camera handling, know how to set up a shot, knowing the story that you want to tell in capture, in production, that I think is going to keep producers safe for now, right? I think writers, people with written content, should be actually a lot more scared than people on video content right now, but we'll get to that in a second. So do I think AI will replace editors or video producers? Yes, but only the bad ones. I think that if you are willing to learn these tools, understand these tools, and grow with these tools, you will only become a better producer, videographer, what have you, over time. It, it's like taking creative steroids. But let's talk about some of these programs, because since... November, whenever the big chat GPT bubble popped, I know we're going to look at that in 20 years when there's Terminators running around and be like, oh, back in November when chat GPT dropped, that's, that's when it all started. But that's when you really started seeing a lot of these AI things come to the market. And since then, we've seen an explosion in programs. So from a video aspect, that's what we're going to be covering here today. And the first one I want to talk about is a newer program. It's called Gling, G-L-I-N-G. -G, and I'll link all of the programs that I'm talking about below. Gling is a newer program to market, and it is pretty cool. Essentially, what Gling does is it will transcribe your whole raw video and eliminate bad takes and silences. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. In my usage of it, it is about 75% on the money. 
And that's where the drawback starts to come in because Gling is great. It's a standalone app. You download it to your desktop or regardless of platform. You throw in a live video and then it will show you all of the things that it cut out of your video and you can then go back and retroactively choose the best take that you want if it maybe cut something out that you didn't want or left something in that you did want, vice versa. But that's where it ends with Gling. It does have a great UI feature set in the sense that it's very easy to go through and manipulate the sort of edit. You're editing much like you would a Google Doc where you have the transcript on the side and you're going through and just saying, okay, I want this in, I want this out, just like you would a Google Doc, Word Doc, whatever. But that's where the feature set of Gling kind of ends because it's like, that's pretty much all it does. It does that very well and will over time, I think, get better at recognizing which take works best and even more so cut down on that rough cut. Because a rough cut, if let's say you film a podcast and that podcast is an hour long, removing silences, removing ums and ahs is like half the work. You could produce now two podcasts in the same amount of time because all of the busy work was taken care of for you. You can also go in and fine tune it. Where Gling also hits a ceiling and where I think a lot of AI hits a ceiling right now is understanding the conversational nuance, right? Like robots aren't great with sarcasm and Gling is a perfect example of that. If you had a take that you said something, it thinks you said it wrong or that wasn't the best take, but you actually want to keep that in. So it's not quite there with understanding the overall speech patterns of people, but it's getting better and is a great tool at the moment to start. It, it is paid as well. The next thing I want to talk about, and I've made a video on this on my main channel, is something called Autopod. Now, Autopod is, in my opinion, one of the most standout AI video apps for people right now. If you're a podcast editor, there is zero reason you shouldn't be using Autopod. What Autopod does is it will edit a multi-camera podcast for you. And there's a couple little other features in there too, where it'll edit jump cuts in and stuff like that. But Autopod on its face, on the whole, you drop three video tracks in. You say who's on track one, who's on track two, who's on track three. You drop all the corresponding audio tracks in, one, two, three. You tell Autopod, hey, this is who is speaking on each line. This is the cut frequency I want. Go and Autopod will just do it. It is mind-blowing how good it is at reading the waveform, understanding when there's differences and nuances in talking, and just creating an amazing podcast. I've used Autopods for rough drafts. I still always go back through, make sure listening on 2X that, you know what, this cut can be moved or softened a little bit here. Actually, I wanna see this person's reaction when this person was talking. So it's not 100% on the money. But it is 95% if we're just <laughs> assigning arbitrary numbers here. Autopod, if you're a podcast editor, go out, use it. It is worth the money. It is fantastic. Fantastic product. I cannot recommend Autopod enough. And this is where that thing is like, well, is Autopod going to replace podcast editors? No, because you still need somebody to produce the podcast. What Autopod will do is just let you edit more podcasts. So if you're somebody who charges by the project, if you're a freelancer, well, wouldn't it be cool to have two paid projects done in the same amount of time that it took you one paid project? You're making more money at that point because you're using AI as a tool, not worried it's gonna replace you. Autopod's fantastic. Go check it out, use it, 100% worth the money. Next thing I wanna talk about 
in terms of like the Premiere Pro plugin rough draft video editor section here, section one. There's a new thing to the market. It's called Firecut, and it is, I don't know if it's owned by Ali Abdal. He's a big uh, productivity YouTuber, but he's the face of it. If you go to the Firecut landing page, you'll see a video of Ali Abdal like right there, right when you log in. And Firecut is kind of an amalgam of Gling, of Autopod, and a couple other great features. And it doesn't do anything stand out, but it does a lot of things under one license, which is why I want to mention it in this kind of list, because it saves you from having a Gling subscription and an Autopod subscription, even if there's a little bit more work involved. So Firecut, like I said, it's a plugin. It'll do multicam podcast editing for you, which is cool. It'll remove silences and condense your script, which is cool. It does it, and it does it at a level not as well as Gling or Autopod, but it does it quick enough where if you have to go back in and adjust, you're still saving time on the back end. The extra features with Firecut are actually what I think are the most standout ones, and that is dynamic zoom and chapter generation. See, a lot of the times you'll watch a video and there are these dynamic zooms. I'll, 10 minutes, I'll put a dynamic zoom here. You watch MKBHD or any sort of big creators, there are all these nice soft landing zooms in and out of the frame, and they're a little bit more visually pleasing than having jump cuts throughout your video. Those are super tedious to go in and do. What Firecut does, and again, this is a tool, not a replacement, is it reads the transcript, says these are the emphasis words throughout. I should probably go in and just create a little zoom. Zooms in, zooms out. Doesn't like two minutes worth of rendering time. And that's one less thing that you have to do. You can move the zooms around because they appear as an adjustment layer in Premiere Pro. And now suddenly, you have your work helped out for you through the zooms. Are you a video creator looking to set your work apart, whether it's in your own freelance business or for a brand? Then you should check out BAMX. BAMX has the best courses, communities, and live stream in the entire real estate community. And I know what you're probably thinking, Bobby, but you don't sell houses. Correct. But I also create videos for the number one real estate media site on the internet. And my DMs get flooded with people asking me, Bobby, how do you make those captions? Bobby, how do you set up your podcast? Bobby, what camera do I use? I answer all of these questions and more in BAMX. More to the point, you get access to me and all the other BAM creators through our private Facebook group. This is a resource that I wish was available to me when I was just starting out, and I hope that you'll join us there and find value in it. Use code BOBBY23 for 20% off. Firecut, worth the price of admission alone for the Zooms. The next thing, chapter generation. When you're producing podcasts like we do at BAM, the chapter, the time stamping, is probably the most time-syncing, consuming part. And this is like that amazing convenience feature where it'll, once you have a finished timeline, read your timeline and generate YouTube spots for you. You just copy and paste them, throw them to YouTube, and all of a sudden your timeline on YouTube is chopped up. Fan fantastically cool saves a whole bunch of time that literally saves double the amount of podcast time because somebody's listening to it okay pausing writing down the timestamp listening to it pausing writing down the timestamp so to have a software that just takes care of it completely amazing 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 fire cut is worth it for that downside of fire cut is 
the features are getting better, but it doesn't do one thing stand out. You would still, if you're editing podcasts, Autopod is certainly the better solution there. If you want something to sort of remove silences and condense takes, Gling is a little bit better. But if you are willing to work within the parameters as it grows, as it gets better, pfft, let me tell you something. Firecut will only get better and is such an amazing piece of software. So those are kind of the Premiere Pro software AI plugins to your video editing thing. Now let's discuss the post-production completely software-based, irregardless of editing platform. And these AIs kind of take a step ahead of the editor in the sense that what they're doing is allowing anybody to create content, not just editors to create content quicker. And these are something that have just kind of come up in the last couple of years, and that's clips, right? Everybody wants to make the clips, the clips with the captions. Can you make me a clip? Can you make me a clip with a good hook? Is that clip good? Did that clip perform well? Look at those captions. That's the thing that everybody's chasing because it's what's working right now. So these AIs that have come to market uh, are twofold, called Opus Clip and Video.ai. And essentially all it'll do is you'll upload one file, one raw file, it will transcribe it. It will look at what it thinks are the best performing hooks and narratives. It'll condense them into clips and it'll produce the clips for you with animated captions. Pretty cool. Opus, and here's where we'll start first, I think is the better clip maker overall. The captions that are generated are much more dynamic, much more visually pleasing to look at, and much more narratively cogent than something you'd get with vid.video.ai. It's a terrible name. You guys, let's let's work on that one. Video.ai. Opus Clip is, again, not 100% on the money because I can edit a clip better than Opus Clip can, but I can't edit a clip that Opus Clip can in that amount of time. So let me say that again. I can edit a basic clip at the same level that Opus Clip can. So in terms of quality, we're at the same level. I cannot do it in the same amount of time that Opus Clip will generate that clip. So if you're looking for mass quantity at a medium to low quality level of production, Opus Clip will replace you. And this is again where I talk about only bad editors and bad creatives should be scared of AI because if all you can do is produce a clip at the same level of Opus AI, you're done. Because this does it faster, and it does it cheaper, and it gets more clips, and you can go in and kind of edit them. That is where I think Opus AI is cool. I think that it is slowly but surely eating the lunch of people at a lower skill level, and that's just a message to people at a lower skill level to get better at making captions. We actually have a course that I did over on BAMX all about how to make captions at a high level that are visually engaging, that create good, sound, well-hooked narratives. Link down below. The downsides of Opus Clip, like I was saying before, are the creative control aspects and the kind of overall sarcasm and stuff that AI is just not great with generating it. But sometimes the captions will light up in a way that you want. The emphasized word won't be what you want. The captions will be a little too high or a little too low. You don't have the full creative control that would you would have if you built the clip from the ground up. But it gets you a lot of the way there. That's where video.ai, I can't believe I'm keeping this saying, video.ai, that's the name. 
terrible name, not not memory or mouth pleasing to say at all. Video.ai. Where video.ai comes in and where, again, it'll do the same thing as Opus Clip where it'll generate the clip and you can change the overall font and which word lights up, but it doesn't hit the word every single time. It'll also generate YouTube videos or at least five to seven minute chunks. So video.ai will do what Opus Clip does and sort of rip out those clips, but it'll also say, hey, from this hour-long podcast, here is three great five-minute YouTube clips, which again... If you're a good editor, you can do on your own and you can edit them and they'll be a lot more visually dynamic when you're editing podcast clips. But if you're somebody who is solo, who is doing this on their own, a tool like video.ai is indispensable when it comes to helping you repurpose your content at a very quick level. It's paid just like everything else I've spoke about on this list, but I think is well worth the price enough, much like I do think that Opus Clip is, that if you are a solopreneur and you're just getting started scaling your video business and you need to put out a lot of video content quickly and you don't have the budget to get an editor who will go into the nitty gritty and really adjust your clips for you, then yeah, these are two things that you should be investing in, be using. If you're an editor whose skill level is only that, of the AI and not exceeding it and getting better every day with software like this, you should be worried. Next up on the list here, Adobe Podcast Editor. This is another thing I've made videos on on the main channel. You can go and check it out. Adobe Podcast Editor is really, really, really friggin' cool. Essentially, all it is, is it lets you drop a wave file from something that you, let's say, recorded on your iPhone, right? Let's say you, all you have is your iPhone, and you record a podcast into your iPhone. Your iPhone, you own it, right? You use it for everything. And it will take that voice file, it will take that podcast, do some AI black magic to it, and give you back a file that sounds like it was recorded on a $400 microphone. It is the single most impressive piece of AI software I have ever seen. It always hits the mark. Granted, if you're across, let me let me caveat that. It always hits the mark if you're recording in areas that make sense. If you're on a highway 10 feet away from your microphone, yeah, it's not going to sound very good. But if you're in a relatively soundproof room, right, like you don't have people walking around you and all you have is your iPhone and you need to record a podcast – you don't need to go out and spend money on a $400 mic because Adobe Podcast AI will just take care of it for you. Now, again, is this a replacement or a tool? This is this certainly falls into that tool category where if you are a sound engineer and let's say you have three guests who are all in studio, they're on great mics, and you have one guest who's calling in like you'd see on the news or something, and that person is talking into a cell phone. Well, now in post you can make everybody sound like they are using professionally high-grade microphones. People won't get turned off to the sound, and they won't bounce off your podcast or video. Adobe Podcast Editor is fantastic. This It's called Adobe Podcast Sound Enhance. They, they have a little bit of a different name for it, but I'll link it down below. If you Google Adobe Podcast Editor, you'll be able to find it pretty quickly. So there we go. Those are your sort of day-to-day -day proven product. I've used them. Other people have used them. I can vouch for them and say that they will benefit you, but to different degrees within your creation workflow. Now let's talk about the more generative stuff. Oh, is, are, the, are the, the robots coming to replace all of the video people? 
Not really, at least not right now. So let's start with Dolly 2 and Runway ML. Dolly 2 and uh, Midjourney are all basically softwares where you put in a prompt. I would let, show make me a picture in this style of this thing. It spits out some images, and you can keep refining that image until you get one you like. It's pretty cool. It's pretty neat. I think it's great for abstract stuff. I think it's great for logos. I don't think it gets human faces or people quite correct, but it'll get you a lot of the way there in terms of image generation. Something like Runway ML is also pretty cool where you have to type in, I would like to see a video of a frog playing the banjo on a log that is not named Kermit, and it'll do that for you. These are in their infancy, but I think will get really good, really scary, really fast. Why don't I think, though, that these will still replace pr production crews, people in content creation? I don't think something like Runway ML will replace content creators or uh, Dolly 2 or Midjourney because you still need somebody to put in the prompt. I talk about this all the time where I say you need somebody to be able to speak editor, to speak creative. If you are just a person at a company who types in make me something cool, you're going to get a lesser product than if you're somebody who knows film terms, who can generate these prompts effectively. Here's a great example. If I type in a video, frog in a log that's playing the banjo that's not named Kermit, it'll probably spit out a little video and it might be pretty cool and a neat party trick. But if I go in and I say, I would like a medium shot at a 50 millimeter focal length at an F1.2 set in a swamp with harsh down lighting or natural sun rays, I would like this video to be within this color grade and put in the hex codes of your dominant colors. This is the subject matter of the video. I would like a push in and a tilt up. These are all very specific words that I'm sure somebody could learn, but if you're in film production and you know how to do that translation between give me something cool and here is the exact specifications of what it is you're looking to do, well then, again, it becomes a tool and you could just make videos faster. It's really simple that way. And I know I said earlier that you're always going to need somebody to turn on the camera. You're always going to need somebody to turn on the camera, I would say, for at least the next 5-10 years. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Runway ML will get really good really fast and you'll never ever be able to You'll ever, ever need to film again. You'll be able to upload your likeness. It'll generate a 3D model. You'll talk into a mic. It'll generate the script. And suddenly, you'll be able to be put into any sort of virtual situation you want. Cool. We're not there yet. And if we get there sooner in terms of AI, I think people have a bigger problem than making online videos. Dolly 2, Runway ML, and we can throw ChatGPT in there as well. All of these are cool, but are a little farther away from being everyday use cases in terms of video creation for a brand at a large scale. But let me know what you think down in the comments. Number one, do you think AI is here to replace creatives? Do you think that AI is in a position where it could be used as a tool? And how long do you think it will be before it sort of surpasses anybody in creative content making at any skill level? I'd love to know what you think below. If you like this podcast, if you like what you heard and you want to hear more of it, leave a good review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you consumed it. Subscribe on YouTube. And until next time, I'm Bobby Kowecki, and always be creating.